This is the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. To all of the veterans out there, thank you for your service. As always, we're coming to you from the Lou Fuse Automotive Group Studios. My name is Michael Wellington, and my partner in crime is the one and only Natty King, Brandon McNamee. Brandon, how the hell are you? I'm good. This is new for us. I like this. This is, we're on, for anybody listening, we're on a, uh, what do you call this? Uh, a, a video stream deal. You're in Florida. I'm in St. Louis. Not like in that arrangement. But how are you? I'm doing great, man. I understand. I feel your pain. I've looked at the thermostat the last few days. I know you're braving the middle of this winter, and I hope that you get through it. But I know that you're not a fan of this. Uh, no. We've talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. But it'll be it'll be gone before you know it. We've got a really interesting guest today, uh, a woman who, in my mind, is one of the toughest people mentally that you can find in these United States of America. We're going to cover her story. We're going to talk about all the things she's doing now that she's in a much better place. Trish Kane, how are you today, my dear? Hello, I'm fantastic. How are you? Thank you for that amazing introduction. And it's great to see how far we could come. Thanks for being here. I think we'd all agree. Uh, I mean, this is a mental health podcast. And, and Trish, you know, let's just jump right into it. You know, let's go back 10 years to 2014. I've done a little history review of your story, and I want you to share everything here with us. I think our, our, our listeners are going to love your perseverance, your grit, your ability to get yourself from a bad place into a good place. But take us back to 2014 and just kind of explain what happened to you on that fateful, well, it wasn't fateful, but on that day that I know we'll remember, that you'll remember for the rest of your life when I guess technically you were dead, right? Yes. On November 16, 2014, I was found by paramedics non-responsive. My body temperature was 86 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 degrees Celsius. You're supposed to be 98.6 degrees. My mom had a feeling something happened to me and had the police come check on me and do a wellness check. And they found me non-responsive and dead. So they resuscitated me twice and incubated me, rushed me to the hospital where I laid on life support for nine days. They told my mom and dad that I was not gonna make it, but if I did, I would definitely be brain dead. And basically my entire community of friends, family members, everybody was praying for me and rooting for me and believed that I would wake up, that I would make a comeback And because they knew me, they knew me my whole life, you know, or kids from elementary school, the people that popped out to like be there for me while I was in the coma were not who you would expect, right? At the time. Right. And then when I woke up, I found out I had two strokes, actually. My left eye didn't move back and forth. The whole left side of my face was droopy. I had to learn how to feed myself again, walk again, talk again think again, you name it, as if I was a child all over again. And I was 29 years old at that time. So fast forward, I actually went to the other side. I was in the tunnel. That's, um, oh my God. I've been really looking forward to this. I I was hoping you were going to go there. Sorry. (laughs) I knew you were. I was really looking forward to this. So I'm going to get, 
Zip my, go ahead. Go crazy. Honestly, and I know a lot of people are like, tell me everything. You know what I mean? Like, tell me the near-death experience because that's one of the things that as humans we're not able to fully comprehend or understand. And it's one of those things, every single fear boils down to fear of death. So once you remove that fear, you could do anything. So I was in a tunnel on a gondola. And mind you, obviously very spiritual. Since then, prior to that, I would get signs from spirits and angels. This escalated things a lot. In a tunnel, on a gondola, looking moat. At the end of the tunnel, there was two angels there. One of them was like a big, beautiful woman, like tall, not big, like wide, but tall. And then the other one was like a short man. And basically I came out of my body and saw my feet and they were blue and my legs were blue. And I didn't know that they were my feet or my body though. And I did not know what I was experiencing at the time. So it was just kind of happening, but it was the realest thing I've ever experienced guys. Like the realest, like most profound. When I looked up, they were celebrating Christmas, like at the, top of the cave tunnel they were celebrating christmas up there and i went up there for a little while and i tried to communicate with the people around there like they were celebrating and nobody heard me and nobody was responding to me so and then the next thing i remember was like just being in a hospital i didn't know what happened at all but i was like i have to tell people what i just experienced because i saw somebody dead with their feet blue you know and it was so profound to me but i almost feel like so i have like studied other situations since then and spiritual experiences and i think the reason that i had that experience in this timeline is because I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school. And I think what they show you is something that you can understand. So that's why I think that I understood Christmas. If I was a different religion in this timeline, past lives, whatever, I think potentially I would have seen like a Buddhist situation. You would have experienced something related to that religion. Yes. And I think too, everyone has different experiences depending on their like experience this lifetime. That taught me so many things, guys. It really did about spirituality and it did escalate things for me spiritually. Like I still have relationships with spirits and other things. It's comical. Like we laugh together, you know? Really? So you have, you do you, I'm sorry. I, I, I really, so I just a little background on me real quick. I lost my mother. I lost, just lost my mother recently, completely out of nowhere. She's like my best friend in the whole world. I lost my little brother right before that. And it was like the three of us were like a trio. And I am super interested in, I'm, I'm going through like deep stages of grief right now. So I'm like, I love hearing this shit. Anything that can give me a little bit of like, yeah, you're like, that's real. That there is, that I will see them again sometime. You know what I mean? You actually like connect with, with spirits in a way is what you're saying? Like you. I can't be like, shout out. To Brandon's mom, can I please speak to you? Right, right. They come to me. That's amazing. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I can see them too. You can like, see them. Like, yes. Like shadows of them. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like different colors. Yeah. And I can see entities on people too. There's like a lot of things that I can do. And, do I got a whole bunch of black shit on me right now by chance? Like a bunch of. 
<laughs> like you wouldn't even tell me, would you? Be like, it's gonna freak him out. But <laughs> you're probably right. I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> out of love. Out of love. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm a love spreader. You yeah. know, I yeah. want to like bring out the best in everybody. I don't want people to worry about that stuff. There's like healers out there that can like command like ridding people of that, and also like. I mean, I just want to like preface this too. like anything that I say or share with you guys is my own experience. Like I'm not a testament of religion or spirituality or anything. Like I believe in come up with whatever works for you. That's I'm big on that. All things, all things like open mindedness, whatever works for you, go for it. I'm supportive as long as you're nice to people. Yeah. Nine days, you're basically down. And how quick did it feel? the Christmas scene and all that. Did you feel like it was nine days worth? I've heard some stories where they're like, felt like a thousand years. You know what I mean? Like when they have an NDE near death experience, they, they feel like it was a timeline. What, anything that you remember from that? So a lot of people ask me like, how long were you dead for? I have no idea. Cause like they found me, they, like if they found me 10 minutes before I wouldn't even be here, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like amazing that I'm even here, but it it was, it seemed, it didn't seem short. I'll tell you that it didn't seem short. The tunnel on the way there seemed long, actually, like to the end of where the angels were seemed like a long tunnel. Like I was on that, in that tunnel for a while. So it's really hard to tell. Do you remember feeling any fear or anything like that? Or because you said it was the most real you felt. Do you, can you describe some of the feelings you had? So I didn't have feelings there, actually. It was definitely the realest thing I've ever experienced, like the most profound, authentic, genuine experience I've ever had. But I didn't have feelings there. It was like I was just watching a show. So no confusion, no fear, no just straight up, this is where I am and this is what it is. I think my higher self like was definitely saying it's not my time. Like I believe I had a choice. Because it, like, I had a choice and I was in a bad spot before that. Prior to that, my life was not good. I was never in that much pain and I've never been in that much pain since then. Like, it was, I was like really mentally sick, you know, spiritually sick, physically sick, emotionally. And I almost wanted something bad to happen to me because I just couldn't feel like pain anymore. Like, and it's like sad, but it's true. But I didn't want to die. Trish, let's let's touch on that a little bit because you know you and I have gotten to know each other the last month or so, and and I know a little bit more than maybe most people that are going to listen to this until you speak more on it. But at that stage in your life, you're 29 years old. You were, you know, for lack of a better term, you were partying really hard, right? I mean, partying kind of led to this experience. So, you know, I think if people listen to your accent, it's pretty obvious you're not from Alabama. You might be from New York, I can tell. But was that? was was that life, you know, your your life in high school and college age and then through your 20s, was that party atmosphere, you know, very prevalent for you? And then obviously it led to this. And then, you know, what have you done to get sober after this experience, I guess? Leading up to this incident, I was doing drugs probably. I, I think I did drugs for the first time. I was in college, definitely. I was a really good kid growing up. Really good kid. 
I did not do well in school because I never fit in the box of society ever. But in college, I did really well in business school because all of a sudden that made sense to me. Like, I don't know why they don't teach that in elementary school, but that is a whole different topic. And yeah, so in college, senior year, I really started to do cocaine full send. Like the second I did it like that, it took me, took me right away. Prior to that, I like smoked pot and stuff, like not like a normal person either. Like I always like, I started off at like 20 blunts a day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. With friends, with friends, but I never did anything normally. Like freshman year of college, I would drink like a 30 round. I weigh like 120 something pounds at this point. Like I'm not a big person. (laughs) So I think I was just designed differently (laughs) than other people. Some people are just designed that they can have a drink. I can't relate to that. It's never been an option. All the way or nothing. I have this thing in my head. Right. (laughs) Full send. Full send. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think too, like it's, I don't know if if I was born with an addictive mind, body, and spirit, (laughs) or if it came later And after that, I really had to get my shit together. (laughs) Otherwise, I was going to die for real. Doctors said to me, like, what happened? I'm like, every time I drink, I do cocaine. The doctor said, you can't drink. And I'm like, damn, I know. I've been to rehab before. I've been to the psych ward like three times for drinking, you know, and doing drugs because it's so escalated. Hmm. One time I had a blood alcohol level of like 0.43. You're dead at four, you know? Jesus fucking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you're not a big woman. You're a small, you're not the biggest girl I've ever seen. So (laughs) handle your booze and your drugs. Big personality, little body, you know, (laughs) big personality. (laughs) So after that, I had to get my stuff together, right? Because I did have to go to the psych board after that. They did this thing in Florida that they call a Baker Act. A what? I literally couldn't even walk. A Baker Act. It's when they mandate you. I'm familiar with this. Yeah. A Baker? And Baker. Like baking a cake got it baker act brandon baker act means you're getting taken to the hospital and you don't want to go oh i got you i thought you were saying big erect that's why i was like i don't know what the story is going to but (laughs) i mean i had had season tickets to baker act activity from about 2001 to 2000 (laughs) so that's where they just come in and they go look you're you're something right we need you're coming with us no matter what and they can legally just drag you to the hospital got it yeah and it saves people's lives but because they thought i tried to kill myself and i'm like no i wasn't trying to feel anything but i wasn't trying to die you know yeah um and then yeah the doctor said to me like after doing a whole evaluation and everything there is nothing wrong with you stop drinking that's what he said to me Uh, go figure so (laughs) So fast forward to the day, November 16th, 2014. What were you doing that day? Well, I intended to have one drink Uh at 4.30 in the afternoon. Poured my last glass of Pinot Noir that I'll ever remember pouring. Called up the drug dealer. Mind you, at this point, I had a husband, a boyfriend, and a crush on the drug dealer. Oh, shit. (laughs) You never told me that. (laughs) That's not healthy. My husband was in drugs. I was sick. I was sick. You know, anyways, called up the drug dealer. 
got some cocaine, went to a cigar bar in Jupiter, Florida, blacked out. This is pre-fentanyl, by the way, right? So it was really strong cocaine, but I did a lot of it. So I went from that bar to another bar, and then I had a party back at the house, and I think that went until about 4 a.m. Then I went to the bar the next morning. It wasn't a regular occurrence, but it happened. And then after that, I went home, and I just remember telling myself, don't lay on your back. You have so many friends that have died like that, so many growing up. And so they, they found me sitting straight up. I did vomit, actually, and dead. So did you suffocate something a little bit, a little bit, but it really, my heart stopped. My heart stopped. Yeah. Well, how did you know not to lay on your back? Like, I don't, I don't know about that part. What does that mean? Like you just, you'll throw up and swallow your own vomit and choke on it. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot with, especially people that are taking like Xanax and drinking. It happens a lot. I don't think I was doing Xanax. I definitely did some other stuff. But I did a lot of cocaine that night. And also I was taking Adderall. Like I was sending it. Sure. Mix that cocaine with the Adderall just to stay awake a little bit. Uh, Throw some coffee in. Heart pounding out of chest. Like feel like cops are coming to get me. It's like the worst. It's terrible. No one should have to live like that. No one should have to live like that. It's torture. And it's like you don't know the way out. (laughs) You don't know how to stop. Like I was too scared to ask for help for all those years because I grew up in like an affluent neighborhood with like a good family. And then it's me like literally like I can't stop doing cocaine like that. It just took me right away. It took me. It's crazy, man. That's why they say don't even do it just once because, I mean, how many people have, you know, died from fentanyl simply because they had to take a pain pill for some car accident or some shit they were in? You know what I mean? And it just spirals out yeah. of control. Goodness. I think I know, I know like 200 and so I think it's 212 people that have passed away that I know since I got sober. And like I've been completely clean and sober since that day. Completely. Since 2014? Yes. Since So you wake up nine days later and I guess you've been through a detox already. Yeah, I don't even think I needed to detox because yeah. cocaine's not really physically addicting. It's more of a mind fuck. Gotcha. Yeah. Damn. So when you wake up after nine days, do you remember like the first person you saw? Was there family members in the room? Like what, what happened when you kind of came to? I remember them taking the tube out of my throat. They said cough or something. I remember I was starving. Can you imagine not eating for like 10 days? I was starving. I did a 12-hour fast last week, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I get you. Exactly. And I was like kind of a jerk. You know, I was stuck there. And they basically slowly told me what happened. Slowly. So my dad was there and he told me a little bit. And then my mom came in and sort of like reiterated stuff. Mind you, they've been divorced since I was two or three years old. They were staying in the same house doing shifts. Oh, wow. Um, And yeah, crazy. And so they asked me like so many various questions. But since I had two strokes, I couldn't think. I couldn't see. I couldn't see. They did like eye tests. Like I had no peripheral vision. For years, for years in my left eye. And I remember like asking the ophthalmologist, are you going to take away my license? And they were like, you live in Florida. There's 90 year olds driving around. You're in better shape (laughs) than that. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> the, the Florida state flag should just be a steering wheel with a hat and two knuckles. That's all it should be. Like, that's it's nothing but old men driving fucking cars all day. It either happened in Florida or it's somebody from Florida that did it 90% of the time. Yeah. Man, so you wake up nine days later. They said you were going to be brain dead. You weren't. Were they? How shocked was everybody at that? The doctor said, I have no idea how you're speaking to me right now. You have angels. Yeah. Like he said, I have no idea how you're here right now, let alone speaking to me. You have angels. And like, I just felt this overwhelming amount of love because I like knew who they were. I had an uncle that passed away right before this happened, just a few months before. And we were very close, especially at the end of his life, because we were both trying to get sober. And he had a freak accident in Marco Island, Florida, walking down a dock to his yacht. And he fell in the water and drowned like because he was drunk. Oh, yeah. Ugh. He swam and boated his whole life. And then my husband at the time, his brother passed away uh, like a month before our wedding. And I was very close with him. So I feel <coughs> like he saved me. And my friend Michael, who only did drugs on the weekends, it took his life too. So I felt like I had this like trifecta of spirits that protected me. Because like I'm not medically here right now. It's true. All my organs died too. Ones that don't come back online came back online. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Just incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, everything says you shouldn't be here, that you yeah. shouldn't have made that. No. Holy like I've shit. done marathons since then. I've done Spartan races. Yeah. I've, I've seen footage on the internet of you doing uh, or presses or what were those? Were those clean, dead and clean? What were those lifts you were doing with the barbells? My one rep max deadlift is 250. Deadlift. My back squat is 185. And like clean and jerk is probably like 135. Hmm. But I stopped working out two years ago. <laughs> I mean, okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go, let's go back to so the nine days you're there. How much lo- after you woke up, how much longer were you at the hospital before you were released? That's a good question, Michael. So they kept me there for quite a long time because they needed to send me to the psych ward. They needed to wait for a bed at the psych ward. And then I stayed at the psych ward for two weeks because no treatment center would take me because I was a liability because of my strokes. And my parents couldn't get me in anywhere. So I was there for quite some time and that was challenging too because they gave me two options there. They said, you could go in the really psych psych ward or you could go in the regular one, but you have to walk into the regular one or go in like, yeah, basically the psych psych ward, you needed a wheelchair and like I couldn't use crutches or like a walker and I was on a walker at this point. You know what? I was like, Jesus, I rose. (laughs) I I rose from the dead. I was like, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to that one. I rose from the dead. Yeah. (laughs) Got out the wheelchair, walked into the less psych psych board, and I was swerving back and forth. I was wrecked, you guys. Wrecked. And again, like, they had to, it was, it was like not, that wasn't even a good place for me, really. People in that psych ward for people, like, I belonged in the other one, but I was too scared to go there. Sure. If we can fast forward just to whenever you're you're finally out, you're going home. How do you adjust to this new lifestyle that is no longer 
heavy cocaine use, heavy alcohol use. It's just like, I mean, because you got to get a whole new crew of friends basically at that point. Right. I mean, you got to whole change your whole fucking life at that point to do new routines, new everything. How do you initially go from that hardcore lifestyle to just, okay, now I'm doing this. You know what I mean? My family finally found a treatment center that would accept me in Gainesville, Florida. And they do like dual diagnosis. And they also do, it's called Shan's Medical Center. Art Recovery Center, and they accepted me because they also have physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy at the hospital there. So I had like extra work to do, but I've always done well under pressure. So I learned how to like really like walk again, like everything, because I really wasn't able to, even though I was, I was going flying across the room. Um, and I did drug and alcohol treatment for three months. Um, Inpatient? therapy inpatient i was like in yeah. there i tried to escape <laughs> yeah, i was sick i was very sure, sick sure i did try to escape yeah yeah i did occupational therapy they were amazing because i couldn't do stuff with my hands like i couldn't say i still sort of can't the left side of my body was really bad because i had bilateral watershed strokes so the right side of your brain is responsible for the left side of your body and vice versa. I basically had a worse stroke on the right side of my brain, and that's what controls the left side of your body. So the left side of my body was bad. Like, um, And physical therapy taught me how to do all things again, like active, and then occupational therapy really taught me how to use my hands again and my arms. Like I had to learn how to use my arms again. And this is while you're in this, stuff. this is while you're in treatment in rehab. Yes. So not only are yes. you there, like holy shit. So you're dealing with the mental part of I'm trying to get clean off of these substances, but also the physical part of I'm trying to learn how to move my body again, all at the same time. Yes. Shit. Yes. Yes. Yup. And I remember sitting in the parking lot of the treatment center, and my brain telling me, like I smelled food. There was a restaurant across the street. My brain said, go to the bar and drink there. I'd never been to that restaurant ever. Like I smelled food and my brain told me to go drink like that. So I started to recognize like there's two voices inside my head. One is like what wants best for me. And the other one really like wants me miserable or dead. So I started to identify what is that voice and the one that controlled my life for so long identifying that takes time to be like, you're not going to run the show anymore and you're going to run it. So I started to tell on it and I actually named it Bertha. So I'd be like, Bertha. (laughs) That is a, sorry to all the Berthas out there, but that is a horrible name. Like (laughs) just reminds me of like a really (laughs) obese, angry woman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I chose it. That's why I chose it, Brandon. Yeah. You can just picture it. That's perfect. Yeah. it took, I mean, I was still like doing all these behaviors that I didn't even know were part of like alcoholism, addiction, whatever you want to call it. Like I was sneaking in the guy's room next door. You know what I mean? I heard one tech say you could get around the whole campus of the treatment center without being seen on camera, but only one person was able to do it. So I heard it was possible. That's a challenge. Sneaking in this guy's room. <laughs> straight out of a coma like can barely walk <laughs> like stroked out literally sneaking through the bushes into the sex addict's room so, yeah like i don't 
I didn't realize at the time, like there's certain things that kind of like go along with it. Cause when you take away the drugs of the alcohol, you still need that instant gratification or fix. So I had to like remove a lot of things out of my life. And once I got in trouble for that, that was actually gone. I started to respect myself and love myself. We have covered so much here. Let's take a quick break and come right back. Looking for a dealership who cares about our community? Look to Lou. Lou Fuse gives back to local businesses and charities. Looking for a name that supports youth sports? Look to Lou for Fuse Athletic. And we're the official automotive sponsor of St. Louis City SC. Looking for a huge vehicle inventory? Look to Lou with 17 brands at 13 locations. For the very best car buying experience, you've got to look to Lou Fuse. The Street Smart Mental Health Podcast is powered by Birdies for Bipolar. Birdies for Bipolar aids veterans and civilians living with mental illness by using golf as recreational therapy. For more information, check out birdiesforbipolar.org. That's birdies, the number four, bipolar.org. Welcome back to Street Smart. Let's dig back in. What did you replace that need for instant gratification, that dopamine, that serotonin that you needed to get? You were always chasing, it sounds like. How did you remove all those? Where, where did you start getting that? Did you find another way to get that, a healthier way to get that serotonin, a healthier way to get that instant gratification? You know what I mean? Like, how, did you, yeah. you had to replace it because you still need that, right? But just find a healthier way to get it? Definitely. It's that void, that void. Yeah. yeah. Eating, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Working out, helping others. Just showing up and being community. Community is huge mm-hmm. to overcome that. A good community, because like you said earlier, I needed to change everybody in my life. I couldn't even go around family after I got out. Wow. You know, because we kind of all lived the same lifestyle. Maybe mine was more extreme, but I needed to separate myself from everybody to find myself for the first time. Yeah, it was not the easiest thing at all. It was hard. And I cried all the time, all the time. The hardest thing for me to break up with was alcohol. I didn't even like drugs, other drugs. I still wanted to drink. That was my best friend for a long time. That was my best friend. And I had to break up with my best friend yeah, and my husband and everything at the same time. I hear you. I've got a question. I mean, so it kind of piggybacks on what Brandon was saying. So you had this this kind of replacement you needed to figure out, like what could go in in the place of alcohol, what could go in the place of that instant gratification. And I, I think if anybody, you know, looks at your information on the internet and kind of uh, the entrepreneurial things that you're doing, I guess, talk to us a little bit about Healerverse, which is your company, uh, in addition to being, you know, mentally tough. And, and like I said before, having a lot of grit and having a lot of perseverance, you are outstanding entrepreneur and you've created this company called Healerverse. And I think obviously it all stems from what happened to you, but tell our listeners a little bit about Healerverse and what you're doing with it and what you've already accomplished to this point. Healerverse is a decentralized ecosystem and community for spiritual and holistic healing and healers. In 2020, I got upset when social media was censoring and shadow banning spiritual and holistic healers. And all my friends are healers. So I decided to do something about it. 
at the same time, I moved to Colorado and I realized, how do you find healers near you to spend time with and to go for sessions? And you cannot find things on Google. Most people don't know what they're looking for. So I decided to birth Healerverse and it finally came out in June and it's been growing beautifully. I'm the founder of Healerverse, CEO. I speak at a lot of conferences and stuff about decentralization in the Web3 and Web2 and tech space and also wellness conferences. I love getting on stage speaking about it. There's a lot of things going on in this world that are not true and are not fair. And this is kind of like me being rebellious, but me doing it with love as like a duality type thing. I myself would like to meet a healer. So I I feel like I would be the kind of person that would. So I'm like already jumping at my questions. So go ahead. There are millions of different (laughs) healers and modalities globally, but people don't know about them. There's also millions of types of meditation, but a lot of people know about meditation. The last thing you want to do is meditate when you're having a bad day. Hold on. Let me meditate when I'm having a bad day. No, there's so many other solutions out there. And also I am in a 12 step program. And in addition to that, I've been working with healers to also train. Now I'm a Reiki healer. I'm a Theta healer. And I have other modalities that I practice on myself and for the collective on a daily basis. So it's like, how do you find everything out there? And so we have healers on there right now in Europe, in Italy, in Spain, Australia, India, US, Canada. And it's just the beginning. We just went into MVP from beta. And basically, it gives healers also the opportunity to put everything in one space. Everything is so diversified from Eventbrite to Facebook censorship, Instagram censorship, TikTok, like everything in one place. So take everything off of Eventbrite. Healers can put their their workshops on there too. So if you like a specific healer, you can take workshops at your convenience. We really want to educate people on what are the different solutions that are out there spiritually and holistically. Because Big Pharma throws everything in your face and have so much money and they're all... How much I'm allowed to go into this on here? Say whatever the hell you want on you this can one. Say whatever you want. Yeah, this is America, my dear. No, <laughs> that's why I've been like, um. <laughs> you can say whatever you would like to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big pharma, like you know, they're making so much money off of things and the government, and they they make stuff together. They make money together. They have a lot of different fake news out there. And a lot of stuff is an illusion and not true. And even if the spiritual community isn't speaking to that directly on social media, they're still censored in shadow ban because they're all in on it with Facebook and Instagram and making so much money collaboratively. Did you see what's his name just built a bunker? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's just going on that's just not really fair for humanity. It's not fair, honestly. So I decided to do something about it. Well, good good for you. That's... I love that. I do. Somebody like me who, as I told you earlier, I got all this shit I got to shake off. I don't even know how else to describe it. You know, like I got the, I never properly grieved my brother, then my mom out of nowhere. And it's like, I I got my own ADHD issues, my own uh, just jumbled up. What would I do? Like somebody like me that just has, it feels stuck, feels like they got a shadow on their back. Is that the kind of thing that 
somebody like me would look into is healer verse. Yes, and you don't have a shadow on your back. <laughs> like you don't have a shadow on your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to well, that. That's good. You you would see it too if I did, right? Kinda yes. usually. Okay. So yes. well, you have a great aura. I do. And I'm sorry that yeah. Oh wow. And I'm sorry that you're going through that. It's literally the hardest thing I think that we go through in the human experience is loss and there's no way to evade it. It's something that we need to feel into. Maybe you can. Like what I would do is besides, of course, you can work with healers for sure. There's so many things that you can do with that, but look for signs from them. Yeah. Stuff like if you look for like a week, I promise you that there's going to be stuff that you're going to see that you are going to feel so you're going to know something, something came the other day we were, we were out, me and my, my wife and uh, friends and we were out and I I saw something that kind of bugged me. I'm not going to go into it because I'm sure these people will be listening. But, but it kind of go into it. Please go into it. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. Yeah, I saw my mom's yeah. boyfriend out when he's the one that found her when she died and all that stuff. And this is the first time I saw him out having a great time with another lady, basically. And it just it kind of it, it's. I don't fault the guy at all if he's listening. I don't fault him at all. He's got to move on with his life. I totally get it. It was just a weird. I don't know. It was a weird feeling, a very uncomfortable, weird, strange feeling that I didn't expect and I didn't see coming out of nowhere when I'm out having fun with my friends. So, and 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 like I said, I do not fault this person. So if he's listening, you got to do what you got. You got to move on. I get that. It was just weird for me to see, and I'm happy for him. I am happy for him. Whatever was going on there, I'm happy for him. But it like kind of fucking took me by, like took the breath of, like out of my stomach. And within 30 seconds, some guy walks up and goes, random guy walks up and goes, hey, man. And I swear, this went within 30 seconds. Hey, man, I love all the work that you do in the community, all this shit. He sees me on the Internet and all that stuff. And he goes, I grew up with your mom and we went to grade school together and high school together. And uh, sorry for your loss there. And can I take a picture with you? I'm like, of course. That was just like that fucking. And I that was no, I did not make up any bit of that. I did not exaggerate anything like that It was within 30 seconds. It was fucking crazy. So that's the only sign that I've had, but it, it was a good one, you know, kind of like out of nowhere. So other than that, yeah, I, that, I just wanted to share that a little bit. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Yeah. That's really special. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Now I'm getting all bushy. <laughs> no, yeah, just that was, that was cool. And I mean, I guess signs are real, right? I mean, I always think that they're coincidences. I'm just such a skeptic as shit because of anxiety i guess i have an anxiety issue so i'm skeptical of everything and i just think the worst is always going to happen and uh yeah but yeah that was a good that was a good one when's your birthday january 31st you're an aquarius <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> are you i guess so yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't <laughs> is that good is that bad i don't know yes good yes good i'm not i'm sorry trish but i'm not a healer per se but I would characterize that story you just shared, Brandon, of, you know, you saw the guy, then 30 seconds later, you had another guy coming up and asking you for a photo and said he knew your mom. I, I would put that into my category that I call a God wink mm-hmm. that, you know, you were off kilter, maybe a little angry. And then all of a sudden, this other guy comes in and says, hey, man, I knew your mom. Let's do a picture. It was you know, 30 seconds. It was 30 yeah, seconds. I mean, that, if you look yeah, at the picture, if you look at the picture, you can almost see that I was about crying. Like whenever he posted the picture. So I saw it and I was like, fuck, I remember like it was, it was some, but what were you saying? Aquarius is or what it means or what? Here to break some shit and make it better. 
Oh, I like that. There you Makes go. Makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like certain people, we go through what we go through, whether it's anxiety or other other things that we experience, it's realistically to help others, right? And that's like what we all do. And that's beautiful. And you might get some other signs. So I found signs from spirits initially through ladybugs. It was dead of winter in Long Island, New York. And there was ladybugs in the house. There was a particular one that would always come. And I never had seen that in my life. And there was a ladybug. And to me, that was my brother-in-law giving me a sign, showing me that he was there with yeah. me yeah. at the time. And then the treatment center that I was at was infested with ladybugs. Oh, like, shit. are you kidding me? That was my thing. Yes. Then one day I was doing a CrossFit workout <coughs> in my CrossFit gym. I had ladybug socks on that I was so pumped about that I just bought. I was showing them to people. I was like, check out my ladybug socks. This is how I found spirituality initially. And guess what landed on me? You can't make this up. A ladybug? A ladybug (laughs) in Boca Raton, Florida. I have seen 10 ladybugs ever all the time that I lived in Florida. In the whole, yeah. Like, I'm being generous by saying 10. It's more like six, you know? Aren't ladybugs supposed to be good luck? Yes, yes. And I happened to have the socks on. That way I could like be in tap with like my higher powers. Yeah. And one lands it on me. That's like, cool. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Trish, cool. T- tell, Trish, tell us a little bit about your speaking. I know that's probably something that, you know, you're very passionate about and you're very good at. I mean, you know, when you go out and speak, is it, are you just sharing your story or are you taking questions from the crowd? Tell us a little bit about your experience doing that and, and I know you have some speeches coming up soon. Just, I think just touch on that a little bit because I think I've done a little bit of speaking myself, but I feel like your story is so interesting that uh, I think people can, can resonate with it and, and you're going to be able to touch a lot of people. Speaking something that you enjoy to do. I love what we're doing right now. I love going and giving people hope and inspiration because if I can do anything, everybody can do everything, if that makes sense. And I think that... I like to educate people on limiting beliefs and how to squash them. Cause really like that's what gets us in our heads is like limiting beliefs that aren't even ours that are ingrained into our being that came from external forces. And it's not even what we actually think or believe. And that's why we start to have some of these feelings sometimes that aren't even ours (laughs) either. We carry like I'm an empathist. So I carry a lot of stuff in me that's around me so i like to it depends on the venue right so i speak at tech conferences and i like to shock people too because when they see this little blonde thing walk in the room and then they hear my story and where i've been it's a shocker to anybody so that's always fun to get a little shock effects yeah Yeah. i've spoken at like hundreds of drug and alcohol treatment facilities and i love doing that just to give back because I also worked at a drug and alcohol treatment facility for a year and a half with like 150 clients at a time while I was getting my MBA. And I love to just inspire people. And I like to hear from other people too, what makes them tick. So I definitely like to hear questions too. Because if I can find out what makes them tick or who the audience is, then I know how to address them. And the way that I got into it for anyone that's looking into getting involved in speaking 
is you just do it scared. Just show up. If there's a specific area that you're interested in, whether it's like in mental health or whatever it is, just show up. Like that's half the battle, right? People don't show up to things. So you're already ahead of the group. (laughs) They say, what do they say? Public speaking is like the number one fear. The second one is death. Yes. So basically that means if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> like it's fucked up. Right. But yeah, you just do it. Just scared. Just do it. Just get out there and do it. Like just you said. Do it scared. Yeah. Do it scared. Yeah. Yeah. Do it scared. Yeah, Trish, I think I think one of the things that I learned from speaking, and I didn't know this was gonna happen until I did it a number of times. Actually the first time I did a speech, but there was a feeling that I got in sharing my story. I'm sure there's a feeling that you get with sharing yours that like you can't even describe it because you know that, you know, people can resonate with it. It's going to touch people. It's going to help people. And, you know, I, I, I people always would ask me, you know, what's the feeling like when you do give a talk? The thing that I always related to is when I played uh, competitive golf, I w- there would be a feeling that I would get when I would shoot a low score. Right. And there was that was a very unique feeling. Well, I, I never thought I could get that feeling except on the golf course, right? But when I started doing speaking engagements, I got that same feeling during the, the talk and then certainly after when I would take some questions. And I think that's something that I didn't know existed. And th- that feeling is something that I wish I could share with everybody. And, and what I'm encouraged to tell everybody else, and, and obviously you already do this, Brandon does it on a certain level, um, a couple of things that he does, but to, to share what goes on with you and to let people know, hey, life isn't perfect. You're going to run into situations that are going to be challenging. I mean, your story is absolutely incredible. So you're a perfect example of this. And to go out and share that, not only are you helping other people out there that you're speaking in front of, but it's a feeling I'm sure that um, that you get you know, in your soul that is indescribable that helps you, you know, deal with what happened to you, I would think. I always get so scared and I think that I bombed it because that's like what my brain tries to tell me, right? That's Bertha. Have, that's Bertha. It's Bertha. <laughs> that's Bertha. Are you going to name yours now? Because Probably name it Bertha. I like that. That's a good one. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one that tells you you're scared or you can't do it or people don't like me. It's all really self-centered fear. Everyone's actually amazing. How cool is that? Everyone's amazing. As long as they're themselves and not somebody else. Right. Recently, I went down to one of those like Grant Cardone 10X things. And sure. they put us in groups of 15. And there was like 250 people there. And you had two minutes to tell some kind of a story. And out of everybody in my small group, I won. And eight of us wound up on stage. Out of 250, I was on stage for two minutes and I was shaking, you guys, shaking. I even stuttered. I even stuttered up there. I was like. (laughs) That's all right. You did it, though. I know. And then literally for two days after everybody was crowding around me, like. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because I still do sometimes have a fear, too. And maybe you guys can relate to this when speaking about mental health. Right. It's like speaking about it and breaking the stigma of anything, whatever it is, or being the outspoken one, you know, with, with good intentions, of course, about people, things that people want to hide and keep in the corner, like being the outspoken one, bringing the one, bringing the topics up and really bringing things to light. So that way it becomes normal to help people. Yeah. Wow. 
There's no, there's no question. You're helping a lot of people. Yeah. Um, tell, uh, so tell you people. So are you. Yeah. Well, we're all working together, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, team. But Trish, tell if people want to learn more about you or they want to reach out to you or they want to learn more about Healerverse, where can they find you on the internets? My personal website is Trish Kane, T-R-I-S-H-K-A-N-E dot com. And my Instagram is Trish Kane Healerverse or better yet, you can sign on to my social media platform, 5D Healerverse. Dot com. Is that five F I V E or just the number, the letter five. or the number? Yep. The number five, five. for the fifth dimension where I went that day. Yeah. I love that. Five <laughs> D. What was it again? Five D healer verse. H E A L E R verse. Like the metaverse. Got it. Universe. Got it. Cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. This, this one is, is welcome. 5D yeah. healer verse. I'm I'm gonna hop on there because I need to. You got people around here, I guess. It's just as well in St. Louis, or you can do a Zoom thing type thing or something, right? I mean, every Friday at 12 o'clock your time, we do a roundtable, and it's very deep, enlightened conversations, like very deep, and people from all over the world. That's still new. It's only my third week doing it this upcoming week. And we had like 15 people on last week. I didn't even know who anybody was. That's awesome. But everybody was from all over the place and it was so fun. And to have enlightened conversations, my face hurt after it from smiling That's the whole great. time. That's great. Like you just these conversations are not stuff you're used to hearing in your day-to-day life, but it resonates and it will for you, Aquarius. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I need something. I need something to be honest with you. I need something. I'm 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 just stuck in the mud right now mentally and the weather don't help at all that doesn't help me at all so come visit yeah all right mike you in jupiter right now too i'm a little south i'm uh, down in west palm beach gotcha gotcha oh well, i'm in st louis so i win but i mean Thank trish you. kane uh i i knew that this would be an exceptional discussion and i knew brandon would eat this up i knew that i i couldn't wait to get you guys together because i could I take this for four that. more hours I know. I have no. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> but no, thank you for opening up. Thank you for everything you shared. Thank you for the everything. Really, for just being here, taking the time, and for what you're doing for everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and if you need anything offline for me directly, I'm happy to speak to you and be there for you individually too. That would be great. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, feel same. like this is uh, even though Trish Kane, you've it's you've been through you know ten lifetimes of stuff. It seems like, but I I feel like this is just the beginning for you. I feel like you're uh, you're just getting ready to take off. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of my past lives too. Really doing yeah from the Arkashic records and going to the Arkashic records. I've seen my past lives. Two years ago, I actually went to Egypt and Israel to heal from some stuff i'm gonna go back about an hour yeah. real quick <laughs> so does that i was like <laughs> yeah you don't you're gonna have to start over so you believe in reincarnation then i never did prior to like probably four years ago maybe mm-hmm. and you do now Everything shifted in 2020. All of a sudden, the veil went real thin, and I started to see spirits like around for the first time. And I'm like, who do I talk to about this? Yeah. 
And then my best friend invited me to like an underground spiritual community of healers globally. And they really helped me a lot. So like even Healerverse, like it's still a baby, right? We only have like a few thousand people on there. But we have a 300,000 people email list that we're going to email out yeah. soon. It's bringing the underground to light. And I have seen some of my past lives going through the Arkashic Records, which is just really like a library that you can tap into by like saying this little like prayer thing. You get to go to the Arkashic Records and they'll show you what they want to show you. What? <laughs> so you say a prayer thing. I'm yes. sorry. This is interesting as, as all hell to me. Stop <laughs> apologizing. I just, it is. I mean, how do you get Arkashic records? Reincarnation kind of scares me though, because then it means like one thing that I like about, I I don't know. It it feels like, okay, then I come back as somebody totally different later on and I don't get to see my mom again or my brother again or my kids. If you know what I mean? Like, is, is there soul groups maybe or something? I don't know. Yes. Yes, there is. So So you probably have been your mom's dad in a past life, or maybe you were her mom. So especially because you're an Aquarius, like, and actually we have a Capricorn here too, right? So we're actually more like ascended souls. I would have to see your whole birth chart to like indicate more stuff. Like what year were you born? 88. So that means you're either an Aries North Node or a... Pisces, you getting all this, Brandon? You getting all this? I would have to see your birth chart, but it's not like you've—you're an Aquarius. You've been here before. Oh. <laughs> and like I said in the beginning, I'm not telling you to believe any of this. This is just my experience. I—I'm listening. I'll believe anything we're at learning. this point. Yeah, I'll it's, cling to whatever. We're not, we're not believing. We're, we're learning. Mm-hmm. It's likely listening that your mom and you have something called a soul contract. <laughs> and that you're going to see her again no matter what. Unless you severed that soul contract. But that's it's typical that people keep coming back into our lives. Yes. And, and family. Sometimes people are new, but really all just here to learn is my belief and help the world. I love that. And each other. I love that. How do you sever a soul contract? <laughs> I'm going to ask another crazy <laughs> question. <laughs> I just, this shit's you're fascinating. That's fascinating. I'm going to be Googling. So that's how I do that in theta meditation. And I basically ground you in, open up all your chakras and go up from the crown chakra, which is like your connection to whatever God, angel, spirit. Well, angels really here. God is here. And this is just my own way of doing it, right? A lot of different healers do different things. And then you go up to creator, like through the planets, through the laws of the universe. You might even see spirits there. (laughs) And then once you connect to creator, you're able to do a lot of magical things. (laughs) So you can sever the contract going forward, but it's your soul that's going to make the decision. It's not going to be you in this human form. Think about it. If you look at somebody like you don't even, for me anyways, I don't really see what they look like. I could tell like what's what somebody's hair color is. That's like something, but like how I really see people is who they are. Like I can see into their spirit almost. How do people make you feel like almost like you've met somebody before, but you never have. But like when you talk to them, you're like, I already know you. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever have that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you need to learn lessons from each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you said I have a good aura though, right? So that's good. I don't know, but that's good. Yes. That's good. Okay. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> it's blue from the screen right now, but you are definitely an ascended being. Okay. Ascended's good, I believe. And blue blue is very soothing. I think it might be the TV. It might be the... But Could be. I don't know anything about that stuff. But I'm fascinated, well, really. This has certainly been the most unique podcast we've ever done. It is, man. It's really cool. It's really cool. I, I thank you for all that. Like I said, I I needed this one. This is a good one. So thank you. You know, many people can learn from from Trish Kane's example, and then to see where she was and where she is now. I don't think there's any better example of of mental health improvement than than Trish Kane. So Trish. You know, we can't thank you enough for your time and certainly your expertise and your experience. You know, we will certainly check in with you from time to time and, and hopefully we'll, uh, definitely we'll get you back on down the road just to see uh, yes, please. You know, where you're going. Because I think where you're going is uh, somewhere special. So thank you so much for coming on with us and uh, sharing your story and uh, you know, sharing your time. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure.